You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of the Dunking with Wolves site on the fan side of network. Happy Friday. Everybody, happy opening of NBA free agency. I I just can't really still kind of wrap my head around how fast all this is happening. And 10 days from now is when players are required to report to their home markets for COVID-19 testing to get ready for the kickoff of, of training camp, which is, I think, December 1st. I think that's to get two negative tests in 24 hours or something like that. And then it's training camp and then it's preseason. And then the, the first game is is basically a month away. Um, so it's it's just insane. I know that um, I had said on Thursday's show, which I recorded in the middle of the night, Wednesday to Thursday, um, that I would do a deeper dives on the draft picks, on the Wolves draft picks, uh, not necessarily Edwards, but um, Bolmero and McDaniels today. But I guess in the middle of the night recording that, I, I forgot that or I just wasn't comprehending that turns out free agencies this afternoon. So um, I'm going to talk about free agency today. Uh, Several minor housekeeping type things happened in the last 24 hours. So I want to cover the qualifying offers, the confirmation of the James Johnson going to Oklahoma city and the Rubio trade. I want to talk about Malik Beasley, some of the rumors that are bouncing around regarding him. And then just kind of a quick preview of what the wolves might be able to do in free agency. I don't know how rapidly they're going to get involved given their their little to no cap space. Um, and then I also want to talk, actually, I think we'll start with this talk about Ashton Hagen, who is the one two way contract. The wolves have reportedly signed. They haven't officially announced it, but it was reported. I think it actually broke while I was recording the episode the other day. And so I mentioned it, but I didn't, you know, I haven't, I hadn't really looked into Hagen very much. So I want to talk briefly about him off the top and then we'll get into all the free agency stuff and we'll save the deeper dives on McDaniels and on Balmero for next week. We'll have plenty of time to, to talk. Well, I guess not really because then training camp starts, but some, somewhere in between probably next week, we'll dive a little bit deeper on the potential roster fit for McDaniels, what the future could look like for Balmero, but uh, we'll save that for another day. All right, before we get into all the free agency items, a quick reminder is always off the top to please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, so let's start with Ashton Hagen quickly off the top, and then we'll get into some free agency. If you missed it, the Wolves reportedly signed Ashton Hagen to a two-way contract um, in the hours I guess a couple of hours within within a couple of hours of the end of the draft on Wednesday evening, he is a a point guard from Kentucky. He's a defense first point guard. Um, immediately, the first thing I thought when I read his his profile and I read his measurables, I thought, oh, I wonder if he can be Patrick Beverly. Sure enough, there's an article on the Athletic uh, by Kyle Tucker who who did a profile of of, um, of Ashton Hagen and, or excuse me, Hagen's it's actually Hagen's with an S on the end and what he will, uh, what he'll might be able to bring to the NBA level, why he was still an attractive prospect. He had a terrible year at Kentucky last year. He had in his last 12 games, he had 60 assists and only, and, and 45 turnovers to just 60 assists, um, 25% turnover rate. One of the worst in college basketball, he was just okay in the pick and roll but he's almost six foot three with a six foot eight wingspan and is an all sec defender and the athleticism is real. He's got a, a extreme competitive streak and is an emotional player 
all those things are good. The Wolves need more hard-nosed, defensive-minded players, and that, I'm sure, was the reasoning behind this. Remember, last year, Jordan McLaughlin ended up playing quite a bit as a as a point guard, even early in the season when Jeff Teague was hurt, Shabazz Napier had a hamstring thing, and the Wolves at this point only have D'Angelo Russell and Ricky Rubio on the roster as point guards. Jarek Culver can run the point in a pinch, not very well, um, and Jordan McLaughlin may be back. He's uh, We'll talk about him in a moment, but there's a chance he's back next year. In which case, you wouldn't think that a player like Higgins will get much run, but you never know. And as a point guard, you're almost more likely to, to see the floor at the NBA level on a two-way contract than as a wing, when obviously there's more positional flexibility, more guys that are versatile, but point guards more of a unique skill set. And with his, again, size and athleticism, defensive ability, he should be able to come in and defend at an NBA level. But the offense was so poor at Kentucky that you have concerns about could he even be passable? Would you even need to guard him at the NBA level? So he'll undoubtedly spend the majority of the year. The plan will be that he spends most of the year with the Iowa Wolves in the G League. Um, as of now, I haven't seen any other potential two-way players announced, and I don't know if there's the Wolves are, I'm sure, saving that to see how free agency shakes out and, and the rest of undrafted free agency. Obviously, you no know, summer league this year, so that hampers teams a little bit. And I mean, you'll recall Nas Reed earned his way off of a two-way to an actual NBA partially guaranteed contract because of his play in summer league. And then that's how McLaughlin got his two-way deal was his play in summer league. So Teams don't have that as an evaluation point and that, but I guess, you know, it's a level playing field for everybody. It's just too bad that that's not possible. So, um, we will see, um, we will see what happens with Haggins. We'll see what he, uh, what he's able to do at the G league level with the, with the Iowa wolves. Um, uh, but an interesting two way signing for the wolves, um, to be sure. All right. Um, Quickly, I guess I, I should mention that the James Johnson portion of the trade um, going to Oklahoma City was confirmed. Um, it's I don't think it's technically official yet by the league, but the report is that James Johnson has picked up his his option and he will be the player going to Oklahoma City in the Ricky Rubio trade. And, and then one other kind of housekeeping thing. This is somewhat interesting, actually, as the Wolves are going to get a couple of additional assets that we didn't know about. So. Of course, to move up to take Leandro Bolmero at 23, the Wolves sent 25 and 33 in the draft to Oklahoma City. And there was a bit of shuffling around and eventually Daniel Oturu of the University of Minnesota was selected at 33 and uh, was traded to the Clippers as part of this whole, it, technically it was the Knicks picking on behalf of the Wolves and, and that the, those two picks had gone to the Knicks from the Wolves from Minnesota to get to 23. And then the Knicks then sent Oturu his draft rights to the Clippers. So the Wolves then from the Clippers are going to get um, Detroit's 2023 second rounder, um, which is interesting. And then it sounds like that's then, I guess, going through Minnesota to the Knicks for the right to get Bolmero. And then the other compensation for the Timberwolves, because at the time, I said this the other night on the pod, the Wolves gave up a 33, then 33rd pick just to move up two spots. So they must have thought Milwaukee was going to take Bolmero at 24. And then they're also now passing, uh, second rounders passing through to the Knicks for their trouble from the Clippers. The Wolves are getting one more asset, and that's the draft rights to a 2017 second rounder, a French player named Matthias Lessor, which I, I guess I have no idea if I'm saying his name right. Um, I couldn't find hardly anything about him other than he's still playing overseas. He signed a three-year deal overseas shortly after he was drafted uh, by the Sixers initially back in 2017. He was the 50th overall pick. Um, and basically what I found on him is he's he's kind of a, a, a modern day, um, you know, he's in the same mold as the Jared Vanderbilts and the, um, 
and to a lesser extent, the Jaden McDaniels of the world, where he's a six nine long, athletic, bouncy power forward who should be able to guard multiple positions. He's not a very good shooter, though, which is why he's more Vanderbilt than he is McDaniels. Um, and that would be the main concern. I cannot find anything about whether or not he wants to come to the NBA, if this is imminent, if it's this is just a, you know, kind of a housekeeping, let's keep his rights just in case we need to get some additional compensation sort of a move. Uh, but they do have his rights. And um, and it does appear like this other second rounder in 23 is going to the Knicks and not staying with the Timberwolves. So Matthias Lessert is now a Minnesota Timberwolf, at least in terms of his draft rights. We'll see if anything comes of that. But again, he he feels a lot like a Jared Vanderbilt type prospect, high ceiling defensively, good rebounder, good athleticism and length, um, but just kind of a, a really shaky, raw offensive game. He's 25 years old too. So he's certainly older than Jared Vanderbilt, but playing pro basketball for a while, he I mean, if he came over, I would imagine he'd have the ability to to crack the fringes of a rotation, at least as a defender. Um, so I guess notable that that was the last portion of the uh, of the draft night trades. Okay, now I want to get into free agency. That'll be the rest of the show today. I want to talk qualifying offers. I want to talk restricted free agents and then hit on a couple of free agents that the Wolves could go hard after. They won't have a ton of options, but I want to go through those here in a moment. First, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time, hands down, bar none. It was already delicious. There were 12 original flavors that were all amazing. Now there's brand new packaging, brand new logo, and an even more delicious flavor than before somehow. And there's six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're perfect if you're health conscious, if you're trying to lose weight or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein and high in fiber, and perfect if you're on a keto diet. And right now for a limited time only, you can get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's talk free agency. So the Timberwolves don't have a lot of moves that they can make outside of retaining some of their own players in free agency. So some of the... um, moves that happened on Thursday that that needed to happen are that the Wolves extended qualifying offers to all of their restricted free agents. That includes Juancho Hernan Gomez and Malik Beasley. It also includes uh, Keelan Martin and Jordan McLaughlin on two as two-way restricted free agents. They were both on two-way contracts last year and the Wolves extended qualifying offers to them. Um, I, I don't believe the Wolves have ever done that with their two-way players. This is what, this was the third season with two-way players. I, I know that, um, Tom Thibodeau didn't do a great job of utilizing those spots with the players he he picked up, um, but I don't believe the Wolves have ever extended a, a qualifying offer to their two-way players over the past couple of years. So I really don't know how this will play out. I would think that, um, at least in terms of McLaughlin, the Wolves would love to keep him, especially if they plan to play Ricky Rubio and D'Angelo Russell together a fair amount, then you're going to need another point guard. And Ashton Higgins probably isn't the guy at this point to to kind of be your emergency third string guy. Of course, we thought McLaughlin wasn't last year either. Turns out he was pretty good. Um, I think it's more likely McLaughlin ends up signing a contract somewhere else to be a primary backup point guard. And obviously with the qualifying offer, the ball is in the Wolves court and they'll have the ability to match an offer and, um, and teams can go above the cap to retain their own players. So that's a possibility. I'd be really surprised if anybody offered anything to Keelan Martin. I still think he has got a shot at being an NBA rotation player, but probably not 
uh, a player that teams are going to go after in restricted free agency. Um, so we'll see if Martin ends up back in Minnesota. They, they could use a little bit more wing depth, but I think the Wolves, I mean, Jalen Noel, his contract isn't fully guaranteed, but he's got a little bit more upside than Martin um, and is likely going to be in the fold again this year, unless they need to free up some cap space, uh, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Juancho Hernan Gomez, the Wolves are likely to retain him. They, they want to retain him. I could see them matching really any offer that's out there for him. His uh, projection that that I, I've been talking, that he's somewhere in the four to eight million range, probably on the higher end of that. Um, given the way things have shaken out and there's only a handful of teams with any cap space at all, he's probably more like five or six million is, is what he's going to get in restricted free agency. But the Wolves are going to keep him and he's that's a pretty good deal for him. Um, I think Hernan Gomez would likely be the starting four in this for this team next year. And and who knows how many years they, they keep him at two, three years, maybe, but he's only 24 years old and he is solid all the way around. He's a, a above average three point shooter. He's an okay defender. He's an okay rebounder. And the team really seems to, uh, to enjoy having him around. It seems like he's a good locker room guy. So I, I think Hernan Gomez is back probably at that, that, you know, we'll call it five to $6 million is, is probably where where the Wolves end up with Hernan Gomez. Malik Beasley is the is the one that we've been talking about all offseason, about the Wolves having a really difficult decision for Malik. And it became even more difficult when he was arrested at the end of September and eventually charged. Um, reportedly, his court day was supposed to be yesterday, the 19th, uh, the day before free agency opens, of course. We don't know what happened there and, and what his potential um, jail time or time away from basketball is going to need to look like. Um, but who knows, you know, setting the legal situation aside, the Wolves are still saying all all the right things about wanting to keep Malik Beasley in Minnesota. We had thought he could get somewhere in the neighborhood of 12, 14 million. It's probably a little less than that now, but it's still also probably 10 to 12 million dollars. I mean, it's not nothing. And the Wolves really only have the ability to retain their unrestricted free agents. So there's a couple of possibilities here. Um, I, I should also mention that there was this this rumor that was out on Thursday that was put out initially by Yahoo, and I'm going to pull up the reporter's name here quickly. Uh, Vincent Goodwill at Yahoo reported, and I'll read his tweet, uh, that the Timberwolves have made Malik Beasley available in discussions, and the New York Knicks are one of several interested teams. According to sources, he averaged 20 points after being traded from Denver to Minnesota last season. So it was moments later that that the Wolves, uh, Gerson Rosas was on the radio and said that they see Beasley back. They want him back. He's still part of the family and they think he'll play with Anthony Edwards and that the free agency decision for the Wolves related to Beasley is separate from drafting Anthony Edwards. And that's, that's what they want to do. Um, Darren Wolfson chimed in on Twitter and said the front office loves to trade. He's certainly not off limits. If somebody makes a nice offer, they'd be willing to, uh, to, to move him, but they don't, he doesn't think the wolves are aggressively shopping him. And then later Wolfson tweeted, he sees Beasley back maybe on a two year deal. Um, so, and, Oh, and then the other thing that's out there, I think this was Dane Moore of uh, zone coverage said something to the effect of everybody knows that Beasley would prefer to play on the coast. He'd like to be in New York or LA, something like that. Of course he's played his whole career in Denver and, and now Minnesota. So, um, take that for what it's worth. But if Beasley does want to do that, I mean, the best way to get paid as a free agent is to, as a restricted free agent, I should say, is to usually stay with your existing club as they match an offer. And if the Wolves sign him to a two-year deal, that could be best for everybody. It, it shortens the Wolves risk. It leaves them some flexibility. It retains some trade value for Beasley. And if all things go well and he stays in Minnesota, he's still going to be relatively young when he would hit unrestricted free agency then in two years. So he's 23 now. He'd be entering his prime. And if they sign him, call it 10, 11 million, 
and he is a starting, you know, two guard on a team that makes the playoffs one of the next couple of years. And then he hits free agency at 25, he's going to get a big contract. So that might be kind of the best of both worlds type thing that where everybody's happy is the Wolves could retain Beasley on a relatively, you know, 10, 10 million for Beasley would, it's hard to call that a steal, but it's a really good deal. If you can get Malik Beasley, he's shooting 40% on threes. He's dynamic in transition. You can keep him for 10 million for the next, each of the next two years. Now, Ironically, that's what he turned down basically from Denver last offseason was I think it was three years and 30 million expecting he could get paid more than he fell out of their rotation, not completely, but lower in their rotation and Minnesota acquired him, you know, given what he did this spring, I think everybody thought he'd get 12, 13, maybe 14 million, but now with the legal issues, the lack of cap space, the cap didn't increase this year. There's just less teams that would add a guy like Beasley for more than 10, 11, 12 million. So maybe it's 11, maybe it's 12, maybe the Wolves throw him a bone there and say, hey, we'll at least give you more than what you were offered last year by Denver. Um, and, and then maybe he stays in Minnesota for two years. That seems to be about right. The other possibility I alluded to is that they do ultimately trade him and it would have to be in a sign in trade. And that's really the only way that the Wolves are going to be able to get anybody that's worth more than the mid-level exception, which is roughly 9 million um, or maybe exactly 9 million. It's right around 9 million. Um, so the Wolves could trade Malik Beasley in a sign-in trade and take somebody else back, but you're not going to get a, say, a Danilo Gallinari, who would be a great fit in Minnesota. He's, I mean, he's not quite going to get a max deal, but he's going to get something close to $20 million and Beasley isn't. And so there'd have to be a lot more moving pieces, I, I think, and I know the sign-in trade rules are complicated now, but I believe the Wolves could orchestrate a sign and trade with him and maybe Culver and a couple, you know, Omari Spellman, Jacob Evans, and kind of get to like a 20 million mark. Uh, but then you have to find room on the other team for, um, for these guys and roster spots, for instance. I mean, the Wolves can't do this with one or two contracts. If they were going to go after somebody getting $20 million, they would have to piece it together and send these guys elsewhere. Um, so I really don't think it's likely that the Wolves pull off a sign and trade with Beasley. I think the most likely scenario is he's back in Minnesota at that, you know, call it 10, 11, 12 million and on a two, maybe three year deal. Um, and then the wolves would look to, to really the only splash they can make in free agency is, is not exactly a splash. It's using the mid-level, mid-level exception. And, uh, there's a handful of guys that could fit nicely in there and also fit the roster. So what I want to do next to wrap up today's show is talk about some of those players and, and the players that I would go after if I were the wolves. And, and I think that they're going to target here in free agency. Okay, let's talk free agency targets. So, I mean, free agency opens at five o'clock central, six Eastern on Friday. It's it's weird. It's weird that it you know is forty eight hours after the draft, less than that. We don't know how this is going to go. Very few teams have cap space. There aren't that many big name free agents out there. There's a lot of these guys who are unfortunately for them going to get underpaid because the cap didn't rise. Teams don't have space. It's an uncertain year. Teams aren't going to get much gate revenue. There's all these things that kind of play into how weird free agency is going to be. And from the Wolves perspective, they don't have any cap space. Um, So to to quickly clean this up, I mentioned that the mid-level exception is around 9 million. It's 9.258. So basically 9.26 million. It appears as though they also have the biannual exception, which is a little over 3.6 million. And you can use every other year if you're below the luxury tax apron and you didn't use the exception the previous year. This is according to to spotrack.com, spotrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com, which is for my money, the best, uh, the best salary cap website out there for any sport actually. Um, and they've got all the cap figures in here. They've got the cap holds. I should mention that the the other thing that extending the qualifying offers to 
to both two-way players does. The Wolves can always renounce those if they need to create space. So they could create three million, a little over three million by renouncing McLaughlin and, and Martin and withdrawing the qualifying offer. Um, and then Hernan Gomez's cap hold is four point six million. Uh, Beasley's is just under three point nine. So they have some chess moves there if they need them. Um, but very likely the Wolves will spend the exception. They'll re-sign their guys and then they'll send they'll spend their exceptions. Um, on you know veteran type players so what kind of targets are out there for the wolves if they just straight sign somebody into the exception now many teams are going to have these exceptions to spend so the wolves will have some competition and they're going to need to to sell why their opportunity is the best opportunity but i think it's safe to say that they're mostly going to be looking at fours uh maybe guys who can play the three but primarily fours and you look at the list of free agents that's that'll be out there Davis Burton's priced himself out of out of many teams' price range and is probably going to get underpaid. But he had a second straight year where he shot over forty two percent from three. He averaged over fifteen points a game in his first year with the Wizards this year. He's not an option for the Timberwolves. He's the type of player they're going to go after, but he's not an option. Um, Jeremy Grant, unfortunately, unless the Wolves, I mean, this is a possibility if, if the Wolves were to pull off a some sort of sign and trade, if they were able to. I mean, because even, I mean it would be really complicated to try and get Jeremy Grant. I mean, cause they can't get him at the mid-level exception. They've already traded the Johnson contract. So the only way they could really create space is if they somehow were able to trade, you know, Jarrett Culver, I guess to create some space, there could be a sign and trade with Beasley. It would be complicated. Jeremy Grant would be a, a near perfect fit. Um, if not a perfect fit with the Timberwolves, but he's going to get more money than the Wolves have. He's probably going to get 13, 14 ish million, if not more. And the Wolves have, a $9 million exception to use. So it's unlikely Grant ends up in Minnesota, but they may try and, and find a way to make that happen. The one name that I've, I've mentioned here before that I think they should go after, that they will go after almost certainly and would be a great fit is Jay Crowder. Now Crowder, of course, just went to the finals with the Heat. I'm sure he wants to be back in Miami. I think I saw a report suggesting that he's probably going to get something right around the exception. I mean, maybe 10 million is, is maybe what he's looking for. And there's probably going to be a team that's able to make cap space that that is a contender that could bring him in. Or if all things are equal, he's going to go to a contender for 9 million than he is to Minnesota. However, the Wolves could offer him the chance to start at the four and maybe it's a shorter contract and Crowder's about to turn 30. So if it's called it a two-year deal or something with the mid-level exception, then Crowder can hit free agency again before he's past his prime. And if he can help lead the Wolves to, to the playoffs, perhaps he's worth more in a couple of years. I think that's probably the pitch the Wolves will make. And if the Wolves could land a guy like Jay Crowder, that would be phenomenal. It's it's really unlikely that they're going to be able to do that at the exception. I want to be clear, but that is probably the first call they're going to make. Um, one of the first calls. There's some other guys out there. Jamichael Green turned down his player option at the Clippers. He would actually be a pretty good fit and is probably going to get right at about the exception. It wouldn't shock me if a team used a good chunk of their mid-level exception to sign him. He's another guy to look at. Um, uh, there really aren't that many other names out there. You know, obviously Hernan Gomez is, is technically a restricted free agent, but on top of bringing him back, they're going to want some more depth there. Uh, they could look at at somebody to play point guard if if they don't think they can get Jordan McLaughlin back. I think that's unlikely. So for me, the top names to watch are going to be Jeremy Grant. What happens with him? I don't think it's Minnesota, but what happens? Jay Crowder, the Wolves should make a run. Jamichael Green. All those guys are fours, have a little bit of positional flexibility on varying levels, are good defenders, um, solid rebounders, especially in Jamichael Green's case. Those, would, to me, would be the three names to watch. Um 
in terms of point guards, just in case, I mean, there's a handful of guys out there. Shabazz Napier is actually going to be a free agent. I mean, the Wolves aren't going to have enough minutes for a guy like him to actually pay him $5 million or whatever it's going to cost. Um, but he actually, if healthy, isn't a terrible fit. Um, and he has history, of course, with, with D'Angelo Russell in Brooklyn and Pablo Prigioni in Brooklyn. So he would maybe, maybe, maybe be an option. Uh, Matthew Deladova is another one um, as like a third string type point guard. Uh, again, not um, not likely. I, I'd rather bring Jordan McLaughlin back than any of those guys. But if the Wolves have this money to spend as, as part of the exception and they're looking to fill out the rotation, those are all options. Um, but again, for me, it all starts and ends with the four spot. You want a starting caliber four. If you can keep Hernan Gomez and he's your your kind of your third big and you pay him $5 million a year, but you can also get a Jay Crowder or a Jamichael Green at eight, nine million dollars, then that's a pretty good that's a pretty good front court. You have Nas Reed that can play the five. Um, and then you have four or five guys there that are kind of interchangeable with the four and the five. And you've got guys that can play four in a small ball situation like a Jake Lehman as well. Um, and, and there's just a lot of roster flexibility, which is exactly what Gerson Rosas and Ryan Saunders want. So for me, those are the names to look out for. And I'll, I'll commit to having a podcast this weekend that will post if the Wolves make a significant move. And let's call let's let's call that anything above bringing back like Jordan McLaughlin will we'll qualify for. A, I guess we could call it an emergency pod, a planned ahead of time emergency pod for the weekend. If the Wolves are able to bring in any of these guys in the exception, any of the names I mentioned, if they resign Malik Beasley, I think that might even qualify really any sort of significant move over the weekend. We'll have a free agency episode up over the weekend. Otherwise or I guess either way, we'll be back on Monday to recap free agency as a whole and uh, you know, kind of league-wide and, and anything else that's happened. Um, to this point, the only major move that's happened since the draft that I, I guess I could have mentioned off the top is that Kelly Oubre is going to get moved from Oklahoma City to Golden State for a some sort of a protected first-round pick. They haven't hashed that out yet. There's some conflicting reports on how heavily protected the future pick is. But for Golden State, that's a pretty good get. A player with some upside, um, obviously he's going to need to get paid. He's going to be doing extension here. So not sure if Golden State will do that or flip him later on or let him walk next year. And this is kind of a plug in place since they don't have Clay Thompson. That's probably the more likely scenario is you is um, then they figure it out later because Ubre should at least help them continue to be competitive this year um, with Steph Curry and, and everybody and, and no Clay Thompson. Um, but at any rate, anything major that happens this weekend, we will talk about on Monday's show. And if the Wolves do anything significant, we will definitely have an episode this weekend at some point, whenever that happens, whenever I'm able to get it up. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you check the feed over the weekend and enjoy free agency. It should be crazy. It should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, not maybe as much crazy money going everywhere like we've seen, but there could be some trades. I mean, the moratorium had been in place for months and months and months, and we saw some pretty good activity early in the week. Not a ton during the draft until later. Um, maybe not quite as exciting in terms of early, you know, draft lottery trades and things like that. But Maybe it's this weekend. Maybe there's some some shuffling as as teams are not very many teams have cap space, and so they're trying to to play around with their cap sheets to try and make space to sign these guys. Um, and hopefully, some of these players who deserve big contracts are going to be able to get paid what they're worth um, in a very strange strange off season leading into what's going to be a really weird year too. So um, stay tuned for any potential emergency episode this weekend. Otherwise, we'll be back on Monday. That's all we have for you today at Locked On Wolves. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, the Locked On Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves. 
That's at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And if you're so inclined, please help us out with a positive review on Apple. That definitely helps us get in front of more eyes and ears. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.